When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does Doyle have the look of the Irish? He does! Here's Cooper, four-man rush for Florida State. Going to cut it loose. Phil Yaw Johnson caught it! Inside the 10, Phil Yaw Johnson on his feet. He'll cut back, and Jacksonville State has won at the horn! Shipley... Nice cut, two of them, put the defender on skates, the touchdown! That's not a freshman! Leary to throw, trying to get the screen, going to person, avoids one tackler, he's got a blocker in front of him, inside the 20, inside the 10, and he'll score! When I look into your eyes, I can see love for strength. Hurricanes win. at this moment and right now with the opportunity. And you know what, does that mean I'm not going to make a mistake? I'll probably make a mistake. Might make one today, might make one tomorrow, that's, it's gonna, but I will respond to that. And so that's the team I want because I've seen it work. I've been a part of teams that, you know what, they've, they've been on a losing streak. It's easy to point at that, but who wants to be a part of the solution? When adversity strikes and, oh, man, go, you've lost a couple games. Are you still – is that still what you want to do? And we have those guys here. I have those guys in that locker room right now. You feel it. But they did not stop. They continue to believe. Completes it to Mallory, the tight end, fighting, but coming up a little bit short. The ubiquitous Jermaine Johnson. He is everywhere. Travis going up top. Caught! Douglas! Huge! The Seminole strike! 
So now fourth and 14 with 105 to go. Under 25. Travis delivers. Travis again, and he got in, touchdown Seminoles, touchdown Seminoles. Oh, Bill seems to be indicating it should be zero time left. He took a three-step drop and spiked it. Then, by rule, in order for the quarterback to spike the ball, there has to be three seconds on the clock. There were two. Therefore, the ball game is over. Oh, my Lord. What an inglorious ending for the Hurricanes. Therefore, the ball game is over. It's over. It's over. It's over. 31-28, the final score. The Seminoles win it. For the coaches that are on the staff, for the players that are on this team, that's what I want. You might get your butt knocked down, but you're going to get up and you're going to respond the right way. Go to hell, Miami. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be here always, oh, but especially after a win like that one. Welcome in, kids. Let's have fun. Let's relive what was a glorious moment and a signature win for Mike Norvell and this staff an end to a losing streak, and perhaps at the beginning of something special as there were plenty of recruits watching very carefully what took place on Saturday night. A uh, locker room uh, festive uh, atmosphere helped uh, aid, I would think, uh, some decisions to be expedited in a favorable manner as well. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew here as always on Twitter. It's at Cameron Show. Looks like the vast majority of you had no problem finding uh, the link there for the uh, montage, and uh, we had fun with that. Uh, you know, it's, it, Tom and I talked on Sunday uh, after this uh, most glorious event, and, uh, you know, y- you got to find a way to do a montage. Got to find a way to do a montage. Can't, uh, can't not after a game like that. So we have to have the workaround, and that's why you had to go where you had to go and then welcome back here and all that good stuff. But uh, good job, Tom, and... Uh, good job, Knowles, as uh, that was one for the ages. It's weird, too, because when you, I think, uh, when you have the opportunity, obviously, um, <laughs> Mike doesn't sound like it's on. Are we on? We good? Yeah? All right. Uh, when you have the opportunity to garner some momentum, gather and, and create a situation by which um, – it's not just a statistical truth that Florida State is improving, but rather you see it again on the field. And you get a win like this against a program that you're going to have to compete uh, for recruits with and who appear to be reeling. Uh, and, and at the same time, um, have the opportunity to kind of uh, build towards a, an ending of the season in which, hey, listen, there's still an opportunity for Florida State to to beat Florida. We just saw what they did in the Sanford game in which they gave up a record number of points, 42, in fact, in the first half. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, this has been the roller coaster of roller coasters this year. It's an 0-4 start. It's a we're never going to get traction. What are we going to do? Followed by 
okay, there's three straight wins, there's a team still fighting, coming around, getting a road victory as well, then there are the losses that remind you how far you still have to go, then there is the, oh my God, we're out to a great start, this could be possible if we can get this thing to, I mean, at 20-7 to receiving the ball, I texted Tom, hey, get this to 27-7 to and let's see where this thing goes, next thing you know, oh man, are we going to get blown out? I mean, it's it's really bizarre how the game seemed to mirror the rocky road, the ups and downs of a season in which you are, at one time, absolutely sullen, sad, frustrated, angry, all of those things, followed by euphoric and believing, followed by, oh my God, no, here we go again, and then yet, here it is. So, I don't know what's going to happen against Boston College, but I know what just happened. Florida State ended a losing streak in a most glorious way and in a most painful way for Miami. And today that resonates. That resonates big time. And I was really happy for these kids who have fought so hard all year. For all of our criticisms, for all of our you know uh, discussion about what they aren't, we've never once said that they didn't make you like them because they certainly do fight. And that paid off here. So what that game reminded me of in the second half, and, and I know that when Miami is the team on the other sideline, it's different. I get that. But what that game reminded me of in the second half was Syracuse. Remember, against Syracuse, we pulled away by multiple scores two different times. And the second time, it was 30-20, to 20, and there well, was a punt. You got the game one, and then you dropped the punt. Correct. This was, there's a first down play. It's, uh, what's the score at the time, 20-7? to 7? And you've got a screen pass oh, gonna go for that's going to go at least into the red zone. And Jordan and Jay Sean are not on the same page. Second down, whatever. Third down's the fumble. And from there... Miami comes to life. Yeah. They're on a 21 to nothing run, but it all started with a mistake we made. But I knew in the Syracuse game we had the chutzpah to respond. I didn't know about 4th and 14, though. Like, that catch and play to Ja'Kai that got the drive going felt pretty good. But all of that awesomeness of, that was the stand, you were in the building, all of that raucousness that was in the stands was gone by the time you got to 4th and 14. You feel forlorn again. Like, you're going to let this thing go. And then when that play is made... It's almost a foregone conclusion, except first and goal from the half-yard line. You don't get in, and you're saying, no, 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 no. Don't fool around now. Let's not allow this to be one of those moments where there's a montage of everything that went wrong for Florida State, and this adds to that ledger. Get the hell in the end zone. When you do, man, I I get it. They responded to a Syracuse team, and they won that game in fluke fashion. This was even better than the response to Syracuse because it was a rivalry game, and also you were trailing. You were trailing in the moment so, and you made the plays to go get the win. Let's go through the decision-making here. There's things that are very deliberate that Mike Norvell does when his team is up against the ropes and reeling. Uh, this was the equivalent of you got to get out of the round. you got to get out of the round. we got to get out of the round and still be upright. So at 28-20, to 20, you're, you're hurting. You, you've been dealt a blow, and it looks like uh, there's very little chance at that point. It's not over. You still have a puncher's chance, but you're in trouble because their athletes, and they have more of them, are beginning to take over the game, and they had for a long stretch of time at that point. So the athleticism and the overall receiver play, all of the stuff that Florida State doesn't possess, and the fact that Van Dyke gathered himself in that second half after being very rattled in the first half. I think wind conditions hurt him in the first half. But Florida State's front four, which is what we said would have to carry the day, also hurt him in that first half. You know, this ain't Georgia Tech. We got some dudes up front. And so you see him having to overcome that, but they're allowed to overcome that because of the deficiencies in Florida State's offense. So they start to make plays. 
He then takes the air out of the ball, if you will, and I don't mean in the passing game. I mean Mike knows the defense is up against it, and he needs to possess the football. So there is no sense of urgency to the long drive in the fourth quarter down eight. And, Tom, I'll tell you, in the stands, there's a restlessness developing. You can feel it. I'm sure he could feel it. And you have to, you have to try to convey to your players, it's okay. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the tick, 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 tick part of all of this. We've got to get points. Now, you're ideally driving to score a touchdown and go for two. But you have to get points one way or the other. And as you get into that decision-making time, when you get down there and you got to take the three, you have to have so much belief that, A, you're going to get a stop. He, re- he you know, talked about this after the game. A, I trust this defense now, well-rested. I've given them a ton of time. The crowd is raucous. We can get a stop and get the ball back. It's a gamble, but you have to be all in chips middle of the table to take that risk to believe that's the method that we have to go by which to steal this game, and it works, and it works. And if it doesn't, you're criticized today. It's just such a hard game to to break down because all we want to do is focus on the beginning. But, I mean, you're in the stands. It almost feels like easy street for about a half an hour. You know, you're up 17 to nothing. You get to the break, you're up 20 to 7. You get the football after the break. And and you saw that Tyler Van Dyke was flustered in the first half. There was no doubt. You could see it on television. I can tell you when they went to the zoomed in look in his eyes, I saw something different than I had seen all week last week. I looked at every offensive play yeah. since he took over. Well, it was a Friday night of Virginia all the way up to present time. I never saw a look in his eyes like I did in the first half of Saturday's game. He's been on the road before, but never in an environment like that, never in a game like that and it affected him. So you're up 20 to 7 at the break and you're thinking, "Boy, could we just run away with this thing and hide?" And then for about an hour no. after we the yeah. answer was no. No, yeah, for about an could hour. Lose. Yeah. Even at 20 to 14 with a deflection. It's like the revenge for the Carlos Williams play in yeah, 2014. And, and it's such a a horse bleep play and when it happens, you think to yourself, "Well, it's just not destined to be." But that's where the fight comes back here. This is where you get back to, "Hey, you can't let that be the reason you lose." I mean, that is a bit of really unlucky uh misfortune, but you got to go play the game. Again, I think the deliverance of that last the, that fourth quarter drive. I'm not talking about the touchdown drive that wins the game. I'm talking about the one that nets you 3 points. It is a decision, it is deliberate to take a lot of time off the clock to shorten the game, knowing your defense is tired and that they have all the momentum. You're, you're reeling at that point. And Jordan Travis makes two really big throws on the drive, including the one where he escapes pressure and hits to the far, uh, I can't remember who he hit, to the far side. Man, you think about the plays that have to be made. This is where it's a big deal because you don't just win the game because of Miami mistakes. That first half, there's a lot of stuff that happens that really, I mean, is gift wrapped by Miami. They're like, here you go. Here's here's another penalty. Here's another penalty. And we already scored off of it. I mean, it was crazy, right? You're like, okay, well, thanks, guys. I mean, if you're going to keep doing this all day, fine. Be, um, you know, if if you're going to, you know, lose composure that easily, fine. We'll take it. But when you get down, you have to make plays. There are a bunch of guys that have to make plays, and they do. What that has to mean for your confidence moving forward. And also, I've said it for much of this year, I just like the combination of of Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham. They really work well together in finding ways to get guys, especially as limited as we are, in finding ways to get guys in one-on-one situations. We don't always make those plays, but they create a ton of one-on-one situations because of formation. Uh, They make adjustments on the fly to force defenses' hands to reveal themselves. They do a lot of this. They create the extra gap in the run game. They do such a good job of manufacturing opportunity. 
of which there are very limited chances because your personnel is not where it needs to be just yet. And this is not just to take shots. It's part of the rebuilding process. You're not where you want to be. But what it reveals to you is that once you are, oh, look out now. I mean, when they get some dudes, I'm talking about a bevy of dudes, to where you can recreate competition, fierce competition in practice, where you have a depth of speed and agility and and talent competing with one another every day. Yeah, man, they're going to put together uh, games in which you're dropping 40 on the regular. I believe that to be true. It's it's their M.O. from the past. I, I just think that they're very patient. They know what they're not. They know what they can't do. They had It took them too long. If you want to gripe, the Jacksonville State game is the game we always go back to. They were still experimenting. They still didn't know what they were back then, and it came back to bite them, and we'll forever remember it. But from that time forward, they have really played to an identity, and they've built slowly but surely and ingrained some confidence. And obviously Jordan's gotten better, and good for Jordan Travis, uh, who made some big throws in this game. i got to give him credit. Uh, with it on the line, he makes some really big throws, and he gets shortchanged a little bit. I mean, you have a miscommunication. Parchman stops running. That's a huge play. That's a chance at a touchdown, and it doesn't happen. Oh, you had it's a going couple- to be a touchdown. I think so, yeah. yeah. And you've got, you've got a couple drops in there to boot, which is kind of norm for our receivers these days. So – Good job for him. He he really never looked flustered to me. Always looked like he was in the moment, of the moment, with belief. It's so important for a kid in a, in a huddle to look into a quarterback's eyes and to see the belief that he has. You know, and, and I think Norvell talked about that after the game. That Jordan, he thought Jordan played a great game, but most importantly, Jordan seemed to play the next play. Coaches, a lot of coaches say that. It's easier said than done. When when you drop a football or you miss a read or you make a mistake and it leads directly to the other team getting an opportunity to build a lead, it's hard to flush it. It's hard to say, okay, we're going to move on here. I've got to make the next play or the next play, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, to me it's now on the table that next year he could legitimately be your starting quarterback because if you look at the throws he's made on the road at Clemson and then on Saturday, some of the throws, it's not like two or three of them. Now you're talking about 10 throws, 12 throws. That show the, the kind of there's things growth, that we growth. saw yeah. in fall camp. That the game is slowing down for him on Saturdays, not just when he has a green jersey on in fall camp. And that gets exciting. Yeah. The other thing that is so critical, we haven't talked about it yet, but you were in the stands and you were there for the show. How emotionally exhausted were you after the game was <laughs> over? Because, I mean, it was one big high, yeah. a terrible low, yeah. and another high to finish the game. Well, that show was put on for those recruits. And for the big-time kids that were here for this mm-hmm. game this weekend and for the other big-time kids who have been here for Notre Dame and Miami in that building this season. You've shown what's possible. We've done as much as – if they're not coming after those two games, they weren't coming, period. Yeah, and you know, you're never going to get everybody you want, but you got a chance to get the bulk of them. And you rolled the dice for the Notre Dame game, and then obviously this was a no-brainer. You kind of had to do it. It's a rivalry game, and you're at home, and it's, it's an opportunity. But you're right. To rise to the occasion and put together a great game that you fall short in in overtime. And in retrospect, again, I'm I'm not in love with that Notre Dame team. They got one loss. And it's to the number four or five team in the country. So they have found ways to get wins. And in retrospect, that that will be a a 10-win Notre Dame team. So you were right there, okay? And then you do beat this Miami team that came in on a roll with a quarterback probably feeling better about himself and this offense that better about themselves than they had felt all year long. And you got stops, too. I mean, listen, I, I think this is a – what this allows you to do – now, we've got two more games. But it does appear to be shaping up. I have wanted – didn't know if we were going to be able to achieve it 
Didn't know if there was going to be a way to make it happen. But I have really desperately wanted this group to do enough to give Norvell reason to keep everybody in place. Because you want when you've been as discombobulated as Florida State has been as a program in football, you just want stability. You'd like to be able to fall back on stability. A, a, a familiar voice, a way of doing things, an implementation that's understood by all responsibility accepted. All of these things, right, you want to sustain that. And you don't always get that chance. You see lots of coaches having to let other coaches go right now. They usually do that as a precursor to they themselves being told to have a good day. That's reeks of instability when something like that's happening. Recruits aren't that dumb. They can see what's happening when you're firing guys left and right. I mean, you're just staving off the inevitable at that point. So you want to be able to go into next season. Now, you're not going to be in love with every one of your coaches. There are going to be aspects of your team that you think, ah, have to improve. Well, that's the, uh, th- that's the job of the head coach, to self-scout, to, to really analyze that and say, okay, here's what we got to do better. But I think I have the guys to make those changes, meaning those guys can stay. We're just going to make some subtle changes here or there. But the overall standards of the program and the implementation of what we're trying to do here will remain the same. And those voices, those position coaches are the same for these players. And they get to walk into that building uh, with a sense of ease and familiarity. I've wanted that to be the case. I think this win and the way that they've continued to get better allows for that. Now, again... You've got a couple more games, so you're always analyzing. I suppose if somehow you go out and give up 50 to BC and Florida, you might have another you know, discussion. But as of right now, it doesn't feel like it's trending in that direction. It feels like Florida State will show up and play pretty good football. They're still going to have to work hard. They're still deficient. They're still going to have to really play very good football to win this next game against BC. You'll worry about Florida later. Right now they seem to be a mess. But you, know, you worry about each of these games because you're not good enough to overlook it. But, man... What a stamp of approval that was for these coaches and these players on a Saturday night that turns out to be what we feel like is a jump start or, or, or cornerstone moment for Florida State to, to move forward and, and feel good about where they're headed. Yeah, the next step is when you're in a situation like that, run away and hide. Take it. Go ahead. Put the game on ice. It doesn't matter that their quarterback is really good. He's poor on this day for a period of time, and he doesn't get the chance to respond and put Miami ahead. Unfortunately, we gave them those opportunities they got the confidence. You saw their sideline. You saw the playmakers that we talked about all week long. I mean, that throw from his own three-yard line on the first play of that drive after we play field position very well, he completes it to Rambo. Damn it. I mean, like, what are you going to do with that? That's good coverage. The fourth and six to Rambo after you get the five-yard penalty for running into the kicker, the back shoulder and Rambo cuts up towards the middle of the field. I mean, what are you going to do with that? It's just you don't want to be put in that position to where you're behind after you controlled every element of the yeah. game. We were on the field for nearly 20 minutes in yeah. the first half. Yeah, you're cruising. You really are. That's I, the next step. But I it's re- okay. The way you responded this game is going to teach you lessons for years to come. Well, and as you get better, you will put an end to things. You know, you will have an opportunity to end things sooner when you're a little bit more accomplished, a little bit more confident, and you've done it many times. And what I mean by that is at 20-7, to 7, you come out, you get the ball. If you go down and score, the game's over. Miami will quit. They wanted to. If if it gets, I promise you, yeah, they it were gets, lifeless. If it gets to twenty-seven to seven, Katie bar the door. You're probably going to blow their ass out. That's who they are. Now you don't. You don't do that. In fact, you do the furthest thing from it. Okay, 
it happens. You're not mature enough to to handle that in the moment. And then Miami gets it to 20 to 14. And at 20 to 14, I think everybody in that stadium felt like we had a game on our hands. We got a problem. You know, this is this. Uh, we need to score. This, this is soon. This, soon. this is the problem because you kept waiting for the moment that Miami took the lead, and you knew, and I knew because there in the stands, you could just feel that negative energy. You could feel the. This is inevitable. They're going to take the lead. My question to my father at the time was, when Miami takes the lead, I remember saying that, when Miami takes the lead and gets it to 21-20, how do we respond? What do we do? What happens for Florida State in that moment? Because that will say a lot about just how tough or not this team is and how much they actually believe. They can talk about it all they want, but you're in a rivalry game against the team now it's feeling itself, and they just took the lead in your place, and their little corner of the end zone is going nuts uh, and it's loud, by the way, that their fans did a good job. You're thinking, okay, well, we'll see. Now, we did go, and we got to go to break, this entire segment without mentioning Jermaine Johnson. And I cannot abide by that. So when we come back, it's all things Jermaine Johnson in a moment. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply we've got gremlins (laughs) great song Your first class is always free if you join uh, our friends at Orange Theory Fitness. So if you've been thinking about heading over to Orange Theory Fitness and getting yourself in shape and holding yourself accountable and uh, being coached up and encouraged in the right way, then make sure you go do it. I would strongly encourage everybody to do it. Love me some Orange Theory Fitness. I talk about it a lot, of course, and we've got a wonderful partnership. But I actually do believe... Uh, and the methodology, the science behind it, and, of course, the opportunity that it presents to you. Because you get to get in there and you get a sense of it. It seems a little overwhelming at first, and then you get in there and you realize, okay, nobody's paying attention to me. They're too worried about themselves. They're locked in, and I get to see exactly where I'm at. I know where my fitness is, orangetheoryfitness.com. And uh, you'll want to learn more, but uh, each time you go, it, it does kind of become like a cult. And I mean that in a, in a good way. It's like everybody supports each other, so it's pretty cool. Uh, there's two locations in Tallahassee. If you want to know more, uh, tweet at me or something, and I'll, I'll get back to you. A little bit different than like the A&M feel, you know? Yeah, no, there's no uh, burning stuff and all that crazy dance around. No, no, just just good old-fashioned workouts. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that is. Okay, Jermaine Johnson, I loved you before the game. Now you enter into a lore of Florida State history, and congratulations to you because you did everything that you said you were going to do. I talked to you uh, before the season began, and I asked you a very pointed question about why us. Why here? Why Florida State? Why Mike Norvell? Your candor was greatly appreciated that afternoon, that evening, I should say, and your play has been greatly appreciated ever since because he did come here to be a leader. He did come here to help transform a program. He did come here knowing that he would not be going to the college football playoff, 
there were teams that wanted him to go play uh, at their particular university who would have been in the mix for the college football playoff. He said no. He saw this as a grand opportunity, and he he hailed this as a place he wanted to go because he believed in Mike Norvell and he believed in what Mike told him, which was, was, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to make you better as a player. You'll get to the league. You've got an opportunity to play here, but I'm going to make you work as hard as anybody else because I want to bring out the best in you. And he believed him, and that has happened. But in addition, what he has given this university and what he's given this program will be something that you and I and the rest of uh, Florida State Faithful everywhere will remember forever. It is so very rare to see a kid come into a program and play one singular season and then stand out in such a way uh, that they go down in the program's history as one of the all-time greats. That's usually built to over time. That's a freshman you get a glimpse of early and you see real talent and he's on special teams and he gets in here or there and you realize, oh, that kid's got something. By year two, he may be a starter, even dominating. By year three, he's an All-American. You know you're only going to have him for another uh, few weeks and he's going to go take it to the NFL and you're going to think about retiring his number. All those things, right? But it's usually not a singular season. Walter Jones stands out as that guy who did that one time, and now Jermaine Johnson will enter his name into that realm, and he did it with a performance that, well, seven tackles, five of those are for loss, three sacks and a forced fumble, and on every play, you could see Miami having to scheme for that that menace to society. I mean, that had to have been the worst feeling in the world, knowing you've got to either provide help or account for the fact that you've got, uh, I don't know, about three seconds at best to throw a football. It was unreal. He's the first person I was happy for. You know, we talked about this in the pregame show, that this is a team that's easy to root for because of how hard they work, what they don't have, and what they try to overcome. And that we had the best player on the field on Saturday is quite the statement because Miami's pretty talented. And those kids, by the end of the game, you got to see how talented those young players are, especially at quarterback. But for 60 minutes... Yeah, it, Jermaine Johnson was unbelievable. It, it was in the montage, ubiquitous. He was everywhere at all times. You always felt his presence, and it's only fitting that on third, third and down. four, he's the one that pursues from the other side of the field. We'll have the clips. We'll bring them up later during the show today. We've got all the B-roll. I know we ran it on Sunday Smash and the postgame show, but he's lined up over the right tackle. The play is made on the left-hand sideline. That's pursuit, it's will, it's effort, it's everything that we love about this football program embodied in one player who just happens to be getting himself paid a lot of money in just a a short few months in the NFL. Ira and I were talking about it on the Sunday Smash last night about uh, it's not just the pursuit and the play that he makes, but it's it's that the way he hits him is to ensure that he gets no opportunity to move forward. It's at those two yards that you're going to get in. You're not going to get an inch more because we don't want to run the risk at fourth and one that you go for it. So at two, Manny's hands are kind of tied. I mean, at fourth and two from where they are, given the game score and the time, and how little the offense had done, he decides, all right, I'm going to punt here. At fourth and one, does he make that decision? I don't know. We'll never know. But that's because of the hit in the play that Jermaine makes. But that's It's a special play. It's so heady. How many times? We saw it yesterday. I was actually watching uh, Knowles basketball, and uh, they cut to, on, on the second television, 
uh, the Falcons and and the Cowboys, and I was watching that with Corey, and there was what a, a hideous game that was. Well, there was a player for the Cowboys. I forget who it was at the two yard line or the one yard line, and a defensive lineman for the Falcons comes. It, it's it's the same kind of situation. He breaks the tie, but he pushes the guy in the end zone. Yeah. How many times do you see a defender advance an oh, offensive runner, player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that moment, this particular play, we're not. He can't get another inch. You've done a good job, but that's a big man. You've done a good job, but he's fighting as he should be. And then our big man comes from across the field and says, mm, "Right, get you some of this." If he gets it to fourth and a true yard, Manny might go. If he gets it inside a yard, oh, I think Manny's definitely, definitely going. Go. Yeah, and 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 he should. I actually think at fourth and one or shorter, you're going for that no matter what. At fourth and two, two and a half, a legitimate two. Yeah, it's a legit two. It's almost two and a half. He knows in that moment they've got a good front four. There's no real guarantee here. Do I dare throw it with a freshman quarterback? I spreads more than a touchdown. Yeah, so or more than a field goal. More than a field goal. Me. Yeah, more than a field goal. No, I, I, it's tough. He realizes he's got a punt there, and he does. And then we'll be forever thankful to the football gods because yet again, when you have to catch a punt, you don't, and that ball bounces. And if it's down on the one, you lose the football game. That ball goes into the end zone, and you have a fighting chance to win the game. Yeah, you make an effort on that play. You're going to get the ball at the 35 yard line. You know, because it's kick catch interference. The guys in the way. Well, it's all day long. Them. All day long they did that. But again, they're they're picking up on our reluctance, and so the teams are going to be ultra aggressive and push the line or the letter of the law when it comes to us returning and catching punts. They'll take a risk that they're going to get catch uh, catch interference because they know we're already nervous. We're already reluctant, as I said before. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. Ball win in the end zone. The thing about 11 is is the reason I'm extra happy for him is he already had his iconic moment, but it was taken away. Mm-hmm. You know, at Clemson, he had the moment. And I'm not talking about the unsportsmanlike penalty. I'm talking about the fact that we couldn't ice it with the ball five minutes to go in a three-point game and we're winning. If we ice the game in that moment, then Jermaine Johnson's strip sack and return for a touchdown against Clemson is already – the signature moment of his career. It's going to be an, oh, yeah, he did that too. Remember that? We didn't win that game. That's too bad. And he still gets a sick. Like, it's it's awesome. He deserves it. Well, uh, Tom, for the vast majority of the Notre Dame game, he was the best player on the field too. Correct. I mean, they've played some high-profile teams Correct. in which he was the best player on the field or certainly in the conversation. So, And that body type is ready-made mm, for Sundays. There's yeah. nothing you need to do. No, and, and I think for Jermaine, and I bet you'll hear this as we talk big picture here, I, I do think you'll hear the criticisms because, look, playing the league as opposed to dominating the ACC or you know being a good, really, really, really good college football player and having a body type, two different things. I think they'll probably want him, but the framework is there, the strength is there, the work ethic, the discipline, the intelligence, it's all there. They'll want him to work on more moves. He, he, he's not – you know there are guys that break into the league as pass rushers where you watch the highlight tape and you go, oh, he's got that too. Oh, he's got that too. And there's like four or five different moves where he sets people up. He doesn't quite do that yet. He does get by with an awful lot of uh, wonderful uh, lean. He's able to put that ankle, that that foot into the ground and lean. He gets a lot of that. He's incredibly strong, obviously. Yeah, his hands are strong. Yeah, if he gets his hands on If he gets on, there first, you're screwed. Yeah, you're screwed. You see that a lot. Um, but he, he needs to probably develop a few more moves. But, hey, listen, I, that doesn't matter to me. I mean, he's been awesome here. I, I only worry about that if you draft him. So. He broke out the spinny on the left tackle for NC State as a first-round grade. Yep. Oh, he, yeah. That was an abusive moment. One of the sacks was a, a broken pocket moment right. where it's strength. He's not He's not the guy who flushes right. Van Dyke, no. but he's the one who collects the check. Yeah. 
But it was, I'm going to shed. Well, remember, he did that exact, I'm sorry, you remember he did that exact same thing to Howell and planted him. Correct. On a, because he doesn't give up on plays. Which is what we love about this. He embodies everything we like about this program right now. Where, I mean, even his background, you think about it. Oh, he, he's, he's in the Minnesota, middle of nowhere. Then Kansas, and Georgia, he, and here, yeah. He said that at ACC kickoff, I was there covering that event, and he said, when you're in the middle of nowhere, that, that creates a, a fire inside. Oh, yeah. I was in Juco. I have to get out of the middle of nowhere. I've, I've never seen the place I've been. Like, where, I still, I'm living here. I'm like, where am I at yeah. Juco? And he found his way out of it, man. And he's just, he has been an absolute godsend for this program. Without him, we don't win that football game, plain and simple. Fun fun couple weeks, fun uh, time right now to watch Florida State build here. Uh, you know, you saw Florida give up 42 points to an FCS school in the first half and broke a record there. And, uh, you know, they go on to score 70, but they gave up 52. So all of a sudden you're emboldened about the possibility, if they're that disinterested in stopping anybody, of uh, maybe winning a game that you kind of chalked up as a loss. I think this Boston College game is going to be tough. They played well. They're getting good quarterback play. I kind of first guessed that this weekend. Um, you're going to have to show up and play well. You can win that game, of course. But it's a new kind of test. It is a different kind of test. Yeah. No, it, it, listen, I like this group because I can trust that they'll play hard. I like this group because I can trust that they'll be invested in each play. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out. Uh, it's going to be fun. Tell you what, people will love to point to situations where a coach might get it going sooner then ours has got it going here, right? And they'll be like, well, how come this is happening there? How come this is happening there? And then they don't want to go circumstance by circumstance or situations that are different. Can you imagine today being, just as an aside, a Texas fan? Five straight losses for the first time in over 60 years. Everybody told the world how good a hire Sark was. Oh, he suddenly forgot how to coach? They just lost to Kansas. You know the last time Kansas won a road conference game, Tom? 2008. I was going to guess Charlie Strong in Texas. 2008. Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. You told me to do something, Tom, during the break, and I got sidetracked. <laughs> I don't know what was it you told me to do. but uh... I was mentioning a, uh, a listener who supports the oh, program. Oh, that is correct. Let's make sure we do the right thing. Throw that sucker up there so Whoa! I can properly thank uh, Marcus uh, for his contributions to the Jeff Cameron Show here. He did so in honor of a hero unsung, Mr. Amarian Cooper, for playing out of his mind this week, and he did play great, didn't he? I think they got us one. We got us one. Woo! Got us a guy. Uh, yeah, man. Played with confidence. Played, um, you know... It, Listen, that is something else that we can touch on here. There's so many things about this particular game that has me buoyed about where we're headed. There was an immediacy, a, a, a suddenness. Uh, there was a foot in the ground triggering downhill defensive mindset in the past game, Tom. I, I, We said on the pregame show, I felt like we were getting somewhere with this group as we were settling in on certain guys that we could trust. Robinson makes a big play. Cooper makes a big play. You know, look, I, I, Akeem I, Dent with a big hit. Akeem Dent with a big hit. There, there are, there are guys that are responding. They are responding. They're playing better. They, they're playing with more confidence. 
they're hitting, that's for sure. They've really kind of hit all year long. They have shown up and hit, unlike last year's group. They will ride up oh, there yeah. and hit you. From the first quarter of Notre Dame, you're going, ooh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right, bring yeah. your lunch. Yeah, that was good. So, so they will come up and hit you. You know a kid that I root for, he had a long night, and it's unfortunate, and we've said it too many times, but I just root for him because I like him. I think he plays with extreme heart and passion and power, and he is very physical. He's just got to get better as Brownlee. And I like him so much. I mean, he cares deeply. He does. If he can find a way to summon a little bit more in coverage skill, we can get something out of him. I know people pick on him and they dislike him, and he is the victim of some things, and I can't deny that. But if everybody played with the same passion he did, we'd be all right. Yeah, the fourth and six is tough because you allow Rambo to cut into the middle of the field. That's probably the great sin there rather than a back shoulder fade. Mm-hmm. You know, It's just about the leverage of it. But the throw off the goal line, what are you supposed to do? What's he supposed to do with the throw from Van Dyke? I yeah, mean, that's yeah, yeah. a perfect play. It's a perfect play, yeah. It's a perfect play. There were a couple of those. You know, Kevin Knowles had some moments that he liked back but he's on good Saturday, player. but he's, he's also a good player. He's a good player. He's going to be all right. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these kids develop. they got some guys there now, and they're about to get a commit from, we think, uh, the best player in the country. Also, they'll be able to plug and play in that secondary. So, you know, that, that, that will help. Yeah, those videos of him in the locker room. Doesn't suck. Yeah. That's, Doesn't suck. With Jermaine Johnson breaking the rock, you can see it. It's like the torch is being passed, my man. Well, and the guy that we're talking about and Travis Hunter, if it happens, he'll he'll be here for more than a year, and that's helpful. He has to be. He has to be. That's correct. <laughs> you are forced. That will be a good thing. Um, it, you know, glorious thing indeed. Um, man, Saturday was a weird day. I'm just so glad we came out on the right end because I'm sitting there watching Oklahoma get beat by Baylor. Uh, which really puts the Big 12 in a bad position. I'm starting to think they got no chance of getting anybody into college football playoff after that loss. Uh, some, some things continue to break right for Cincinnati in that way, uh, although they have yet to look good the last four weeks. Uh, you know, then, then you had, you know, I mentioned the aforementioned Texas game. Uh, they blow it. As a 31-point favorite, they lose at home. By the way, the kid that caught the two-point conversion, a freshman walk-on fullback who had never played in a college football game till that night. I mean, come on, Texas. What are we what are we doing? Were you watching that game with interest? Oh no, no, okay. I just like to watch right. Texas right. lose. But I mean, that's really remarkable. Usually when one knows details such as that. No, yeah, just yeah. I I'm, I'm sitting there in shock. I mean, you can't lose to Kansas at home. You you can't. And the Kansas fans who made the trip, which you talk about loyal, chanting SEC, SEC for the whole stadium to hear, oh, that's a touch class. Uh, how about Kansas showing up for the Oklahoma game, showing up for Texas out of nowhere? So they hired the Buffalo coach, the guy that built up that Buffalo program in Peoria or something like that. I gotta double check his name. I got that wrong, but he's a good coach. Their their game. He's if he can hang in there. If Kansas's he can, game. No, I'm saying he's a good coach. He's already got them playing a lot better than they were. They're already take, making strides, obviously. I just, I'm just thinking on a day in which we get a huge win and you feel like it's a program builder, you're looking around, Miami's reeling, Florida's reeling, Texas is reeling, Oklahoma loses to Baylor, they're out of the playoff run. You just, again, every week you're kind of like, hmm, okay, okay. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Thanks, Brad. Jeff, it's been a long time since a big win and a hearty hour number two, which in my opinion paired with Fire Woman by the Colt is one of the best moments in sports radio. Do this one right, brother. Scalp them. Thanks, Brad. I will do this one right. Uh, it will be a hearty hour number two, and it'll be a celebratory hour number two. Uh, yeah. I, I Everything about this week is, is gravy. I mean, as we build towards the BC game, eventually we'll have to turn our attention to that game. Uh, but right now, no, no. You bask in the glory. You revel in the joy of getting a win 
like this. I've said this before. When we blocked the extra point, one of the reasons that I loved that win, uh, the block at the Rock uh, against Miami, wasn't because the stakes were high, because the pain was immense. Because they had to wear not a loss, but a loss that is unimaginable. They score that touchdown. They're euphoric. They're embracing one another in the stands as they do the hoppy hop in firm belief that it's going to be their win for the taking. And just like that, grand opening, grand closing. Just like that, it's over. And this was a win that they most assuredly thought they had. And to the young man who decided to walk from the little tunnel coming out from the concession stand to then turn and go up to his seat in his Miami garb, which, bless your heart, you made the roadie, good on you, no problem with that. We welcome all fans. But then to clap in the face of an older woman, no doubt season ticket holder for many a moon, and do so up eight, feeling very good about yourself. Tom, it was the kind of patience that only an older man with perspective has. I decided not to say anything in that moment. I was going to wait it out to see if he moved along, but he was an ass in that moment. But I did scout his seat. I did wait to see where he sat down, and I did pay close attention. And so it was that as we were funneling out of the stadium, he just so happened to be right there, and I did go like this in his grill, much to his dismay, as he looked on in shock, like, who is this stranger? Who is this guy clapping in my face? And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. So I got a little taste of the old-school rivalry in that moment as well. So it was a Jalen Ramsey-esque moment oh, for you? Oh, it was, it was good. That was 2014. And he wanted none of it. He just kept looking straight ahead, kind of bewildered. But he was also surrounded by euphoric Florida State fans who were having a little fun. So he clapped in, in the face of an old lady. Yes, uh, and her husband. Man. Mm-hmm. So I waited. That's up there. <laughs> so you waited. Yeah, so that, I waited. That's a very <laughs> foreboding few words. <laughs> So I waited. Yeah. You know, that's usually nothing's good. <laughs> so I waited. Well, I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, that reminds me of when I was a student at the Palace and uh, a couple of Miami fans got down on their knees towards a, a toddler. I was about to say, hey, now. Towards a toddler and gave the toddler a double birds. A toddler? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're lucky they didn't get stomped no out. No older than three years old. They're really lucky they didn't get stomped out mm-hmm. in that moment. That's, I mean, you're at the Palace. That's, People can get stomped out. Oh, I've. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe for another edition of the show. It's not that day. He was a Gator fan. Yeah, his his chin might have met the bar. Mm. Maybe the stool is taken right, out underneath right, right. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what? I, I would like to think most people will warn you. They'll give you a warning. They're this like, guy got hey, a warning. Yeah, you're a little out of line yourself. Right, 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 right. You're a little out of line. You're yourself. a little out of line yourself. But listen, you know what? I'm always amazed by. So when you when I go to any other facility, any other university, any other place to watch a game. Yeah, sure, I'm going to have my Florida State gear on. I'm going as a fan, whatever it might be, right? But I know where I am. Oh, absolutely. I know. Don't overdo it. Dude. Don't overstep your bounds. You can cheer for your team, but why would you taunt an old cup? What's the point of that? Buddy, I wore Mets gear to the Lightning Islanders game. I know what the hell those – I mean, those people are like Jersey Shore people. <laughs> that part of Long Island is the same as the Jersey Shore. You, yeah. Man, you're outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. you got to know where you are. It's crazy. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 